Welcome back to another season of the UK Virtual School Podcast with me, Sid, the founder of the first online school that dares to be different. If you've heard season one, you'll know that this podcast is for families who home educate and for those looking for an alternative to the current educational system. Now, if you did miss season one, I highly recommend that you go back and have a sneak peek because there are some real gems from that season. I discussed my journey through education in episode one. Episode six is super popular and useful if you're looking at GCSE exams. I even interviewed the teacher that lives in a van in episode number eight. In this season, season two, we've got some brand new interviews with teachers, students and parents from UK Virtual School. UK Virtual School is now in its second year. Join us on a movement to disrupt education as we continue to create an innovative, inclusive and fulfilling alternative for the children who will become the change makers and leaders of tomorrow. Welcome back guys to another amazing season of the UK Virtual School podcast. Welcome to another episode of UK Virtual School Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about how can art be taught online? The benefits of a creative curriculum. So I've got with me Lucy with us today, who is our art and science teacher for primary. And she's going to be talking about how she implements art into the curriculum, even within science, and how she makes it fun and hands-on, despite the fact that we're online and we've got kids globally all over the world, which is really amazing. Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you? So I am a ceramics graduate. I've always loved art and I have very, very fond memories of being creative in primary school. And I always knew eventually I'd like to work with children. After I finished my degree, I worked for a few years as a scenic artist for the Welsh National Opera, which was really exciting working on a massive scale. But I was really keen to pursue my career with children. And so I retrained as a primary school teacher. And I've been lucky enough to teach both in the UK and schools across Asia before finally working now for UKVS online. I used to love art as a kid as well and it was something that I wanted to do at uni and I'm so glad that you've done it because you can kind of share with us your experience. How was it doing art at university level and did you do art A level first or do you do foundation art? So I did sculpture A level then I had to do an art foundation course which was incorporating drawing, digital art, performance art. I just absolutely loved working with clay. There was a few courses that I was deciding on. One of them was very much about tableware where things you use so it was more about specific measurements uh, but the ceramics course I did in Cardiff it was an art course through clay very lovely three years of just having my own studio space and, you know endless supplies of clay and I wish I could go back and make more of it now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we forget how um, easy life was back then. Back then we were stressed out with work and we'd like, we're like, oh my, lots of university exams and all sorts of things. But actually it was quite nice when we had all the free time to be able to really absorb and really kind of dig deep. It's interesting that you say that you did sculpture for A-level. So you already knew quite early on that you wanted to work with 3D art. 
yeah, I always loved just making things with my hands, just fiddling around. And yeah, I was lucky enough that I had that on offer. I think it was fine art and sculpture was our option. So yeah, actually what you were just saying, I've recently gone back to ceramics because it's not the sort of hobby that you can travel with. I've really been unable to really pursue it re until recently. There's um, a place up the road that have a open studio every Thursday. So I have three hours a week and it's bliss. That's amazing. It's amazing. And art is one of those subjects which is so therapeutic. It kind of uh, gives you time and space to just stop and then be just one with the art for a while. And it's amazing that you're able to do the 3D sculpture with the students that you gave virtual school because the first month that you started with us you started with sculpture work do you want to tell us a little bit about that so our first month at UK virtual school because I aligned the art curriculum with the world views course so the first month we were looking at South Africa and you can't look at the art of South Africa without doing something three-dimensional so I was really keen to include that and I did have some questions for you Sid about how that can work but I found some links on Amazon for air drying clay send that to the parents so all the kids had a really nice big chunk of clay to work with and some very simple modeling tools and yeah we had a go at making a bust. It was great because I remember seeing their finished artwork and I think it was one of those classes that I observed as well and they were all getting into it and they were using the clay and the tools and it's amazing how well art or anything artistic works online so do you want to talk us through how you managed to get that to work because it's different when you're in a class face to face with kids than online. I always make sure that the parents have ample warning about what equipment the children are going to need so that they can really be part of the class and pursue something a little bit more interesting than pencil drawing each time. I have two cameras so I have a camera that's facing down on my desk so that the children can see close up what I'm doing and I can move the artwork around so they can see close up and I can go at each child's pace so they can join in at the same time and let me know where they're struggling where they're, which parts they're enjoying and we can really share it all together so it's wonderful we can see five other children's artworks and they can see each other's and it's really enjoyable it doesn't feel like I'm teaching. Was that your first experience teaching online? and teaching art online yes it was and I did have some apprehension to it but I think with being organized and making sure that I let people know what they need it's been wonderful I vouch for how well art works online because I also used to teach art in person before COVID and then during COVID I taught a couple of classes online one of the things we were talking about before we started the podcast was how difficult it is when you're in a room full of kids for them to see what you're doing and they have to huddle around and they can't be working in the, on their own artwork while they're looking at yours. But with online, they can because they can see you on screen and they can be working at their desk on their own thing. So it's nice that they've got the ability to do that. And it also means that the artwork looks a lot like what you're trying to get them to do because they can follow the steps one by one. Yeah, and you're not wasting time. Like you say, if a child has an issue, going over to them and supporting them one-on-one, -on -one, then the other rest of the children in the class are waiting. So you can really do that together. So you also incorporate a lot of creativity in science because you teach the year one to two uh, science curriculum. How do you find that and how do you go about doing that? So when I was looking through the science curriculum, it's very much at key stage one level. It's very much about them having an understanding of things. So it gives you quite a lot of freedom 
to explore ways to get each child to get to that level of understanding and sat at their screens I think it would be very difficult for them to maintain their level of concentration for such a long period of time if we were just having conversations and talking so I really also encourage being creative within science. I learn through doing, I learn through looking and making so it makes sense that children can understand scientific processes in the same way through hands-on and, and what's great as well is because we have it week by week certainly when the topic was plants and we were actually planting seeds there was time throughout the week for them to observe it and then come back to it and see the development of um, how things are growing so it's been nice they can take it away with them yeah and science is one of those things where it's so fascinating for kids because they're so curious and they want to know and and to be able to actively engage is really great for them because I did um, a coaching tutorial a couple of months back and it was about how we learn and one of the research papers I was looking at was saying that we retain information and we kind of know this already we retain information a lot better if we actively learn the first time so the fact that they're using their hands they're using their senses they're creating stuff they're seeing things visually that's going to help them to retain that information so it's great that you're able to implement that do you want to give us an example of a topic that you've done recently where they were creative and they created something that worked with the topic I've put you on the spot now. You have, because I do include it in every in every lesson in one way or another. You did a bee hat, didn't you? So what, yes. Yeah, what, what was that linked to? It? I was going to say something else, but yeah, I was teaching the children about basic pollination. We were looking at how plants work, the biology of plants, very basic biology of plants. And the idea was to look at how the pollen is stuck to a bee's body as it's transferred from flower to flower to pollinate it. But I thought rather than just sitting there and doing that, we made little bees for our fingers and we used coloured chalks, but we also made bee hats so we could really be a bee to buzz from flower to flower. And yeah, the children talked about it since. So yeah, they became the bee. I think that's really cool because then they can be buzzing away when they're in the garden and remembering the process as well, right? Um, what was the other idea that you came up with? Our topic is the environment. I actually used it today. We made our own upcycled tote bags from t-shirts. So we're looking at ways that we can prevent reusing new materials. Having We looked at how much energy is consumed in the production of a lot of the materials that we had in our own recycling. All of the children decorated their own t-shirt and we cut the bottoms and tied it in knots so they have their own shopping bag now to take with them. That's really creative. So there's lots of creativity in the science. And it's great because at that age, they need to be creative and they need to, because it helps them to develop all sorts of other skills, one of them being fine motor skills. How do you find that the kids cope? Because they're quite young. Your one is quite young still. How do they cope with the creative side of things with cutting and, and all of that? A lot of them do have parents either sat with them or around, but they really enjoy it, actually. You know, sometimes I think, oh, this will be a little quick task. In fact, with this bag, I think I was online for an extra 15 minutes because I really were wanted to design a lovely picture and get it just right. And I think, you know, I have two young children and they just love sitting and cutting. It's really nice activity for them. So to be able to do that, whilst making something you know that they can use at the end I think is great they don't have anything unusual to use scissors and basic arts materials how do you envisage the future of art do you think there's going to be more places that are going to be offering an online version or 
Do you think there's still a place for face-to-face and and actually being in a studio and immersing yourself with other people and getting messy? Yeah, I do think that that is the case, definitely. And I'm realising that myself now, going back to this open studio, that to see what other people are doing separately always sparks creative conversations and you can learn so much from other people in that way. And also, if you visit galleries regularly you'll know that there's something about being in front of an artwork and actually moving around it that has quite a lot of impact but for sure to learn those skills and to challenge your ideas and have creative conversations I don't see why it can't be online. I think it's a bit of both isn't it like with everything at UK Virtual School I'm always saying to the parents just make sure you're not missing out on real life things as well because you can merge the two together we can be doing art online but then also go to galleries and libraries and look up art books and look at things Um, and I'm really looking forward to having our first few residential trips where we can get the kids immersed in art in real time. That's going to be quite amazing. The two places we're looking to go to, Wales and Morocco, they're just full of amazing scenes and amazing colours, and I think it'll be really great. How do you see the future of art, essentially? Do you think there's going to be more and more courses being offered online? Because of all these algorithms, as soon as you look at one thing online, you get bombarded with other things. And I'm constantly, all these like Domestica, Coursera, there's so many weaving. I love um, crocheting. I'm always on YouTube looking at tutorials on how to do different stitches. So I think in that sense of actually learning new techniques, it's fantastic for that so I don't see that that would ever get less because you were talking about how you were lucky that sculpture was offered at your local college right there's a lot of restrictions in what is offered locally sometimes and and then being able to then log in and actually access something maybe halfway across the world which isn't being offered locally to what you're doing to do something like that I mean not even at a school to have like a place where kids can come I used to work for a play center in Cardiff we had just boxes and boxes of stuff you know the the kids could just like junk modeling to have that space to have all of those materials is quite expensive these days and challenging to really maintain so to have that online is probably the future in that um, field so if people are looking at doing more art with their kids what do you think their top tips would be if they wanted to get some materials from home and to get started initially what would you advise them to work on Well, obviously, I'm going to say clay. And another thing I would say is get a lot of it as well. I think it really makes me sad when you see children with these tiny little amounts of modelling material. I think it should fill their hands. They should really be able to manipulate it to get the most out of it. It's a very primitive thing just to be moving clay around in your hand. When I was teaching in a classroom and with my own children, I'm very much like preparing the space so that I'm not freaking out that something's going to get mucky you know, get a decent tablecloth and just don't worry. Yeah, I think something with your hands, just you can even get anything to push into the clay, roll it, you can get some of your kitchen utensils, set the space and enjoy. Would you recommend any particular type of clay? Because the air drying stuff is quite hard, isn't it, to mould? It can be, yeah. I've had some batches that were really, really lovely and others that once you've touched it once, it dries. You can even make your own Play-Doh. I mean, we do this most weekends with my children. We make a lot of Play-Doh and they love to mix the colours and I'm just not precious about it then. So there's some easy recipes online for that. Which is just flour and water and some food colouring and I think salt as well or something else. So you can find the recipes on YouTube. We've done that as well and they enjoy it. 
it's quite nice for them to do it. And you find yourself just sat there for ages making snails. That's my speciality. <laughs> so other than clay, because I think, yeah, that, that's going to be your first go-to. What else do you think is really useful for the kids to develop when they're quite young and it's quite easy for them to use? I also think collage can be great for that. So cutting out shapes, you can even just cut random shapes, just snip, 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 and then they can put the bits they've cut together to see what they've made, grab some googly eyes, stick it on, or you can even draw things and cut those out. So you can have a combination of following lines and just free cutting, grabbing a stack of like colourful card or paper whenever you see it on offer in the supermarket, often you see those sorts of things just having like a stack of things like that. I think that's a a great way to develop those fine motor skills. Because craft materials can add up. Like I've seen the cost of card is really expensive. So if you do see a deal, I think it's great to grab it because there's a lot of adults that are into crafting as well. Yeah, and these like scrapbooking kits, as soon as it's labelled that, they quadruple the price. But I remember when I was in the classroom, we read the, some Eric Carle books. So we were just painting bits of paper and leave them to dry. And then you've automatically got like six colours. So that's quite a fun way to do it as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. And something like Poundland, you can actually get a whole batch of crafting materials for a pound. And there might be like little bits and pieces. But if you get a couple of collections of those and you've got enough there to do a lot of scrapbooking and all sorts of things. Yeah, I love picking up stuff and then kind of going, I don't know what I'm going to use it for yet. Yeah, but... I, <laughs> I keep all of my offcuts of um, crocheting and my son accidentally tipped it out the other day and it's a whole box of odds, like random colours. And I was like, I know one day I'm going to have the perfect project for those. But right now it's just taking up more space (laughs) you're based in portugal at the moment right do they have scrap stores because they've got them in the uk where they're just full of scraps that businesses want to throw out so because i do lots of crafting through my science sessions and we picked up lenses that an opticianist had just thrown away and there were like boxes full of them and i was like yeah we can use that (laughs) like they're amazing right and like some of them are really magnifying and some of them are like for long distance, short distance. And, and they're just a great science experiment for the kids. I don't know whether you've got anything like that in Portugal. I live in a really rural place. Like my nearest supermarket, big supermarket is 40 minutes drive. Anything that I can see, I slow down at the bins, see what I can find. So I have, I have created my own collection. But in a way, that's quite nice too. It's quite challenging in a way. Yeah, and then it makes you be more creative because then you're like, I don't have so much of this, so I've got to make sure that whatever I create is going to be really amazing or really cool. <laughs> I mean, even um, the ceramics that I'm doing now, to buy the clay, I have to travel to Lisbon, which is two hours. Friends of mine are natural earth builders. I learned how to refine clay at uni, so I really enjoy actually looking now for different coloured earths as I'm driving around. So I've got a collection of about three or four super nice nice clays or from my village so that's become a bit of a challenge to see if I can make everything from you know one place but that's also so good for the environment as well you're not actually going and purchasing stuff you're getting it locally you're recycling things that you already have I think that's great and it was great that for your coaching tutorial you picked up rubbish from the beach and you created an amazing piece of artwork I thought that was great so if people haven't looked at that yet it's on our website if you go to resources coaching tutorials 
those are free resources that you can go and watch. Lucy's is great. It's about creativity and how you can use art to have a powerful message, which the kids came up with some amazing stuff. I think we need to put some of their work up and share what they produce because it was amazing. How do you find the coaching tutorials? Because I know you in particular are very creative in yours and you've done some amazing things earlier in the year with some of the kids that have showed up to those? I very early on realised that the children that I had in my class, and I asked them as well, they all loved drawing and painting. Every coaching tutorial just come prepared. We always tried to find a way that we could incorporate the UKVS monsters, do we call them? We put them in some sort of position or include them in our artwork to, to share the, the point of what each coaching tutorial was about. So I think Growth Mindset, we did a, an image of him. We had two ladders, one that has really small rungs close to each other and one has huge rungs and saying that how easy it is to climb up when it's little by little, step by step compared to these huge rungs, which was quite a nice image about slowly, slowly, things can happen. And the large spaces between rungs can feel really challenging to climb over as well. And sometimes we set those really great goals, but we need smaller steps to get to that goal. And I think that's a great analogy to use. So in your past, you've taught in schools abroad as well. I think you worked in China for some time. Did you work in the UK as well? I worked in the UK for two years. I'd worked in China before doing my teaching qualification. I did a TEFL, so I taught English over there for a year. No, for two years, I've gained some really great experience in schools there. Went back to the UK to do my PGCE and just was desperate to go back to China really it was such a weird and wonderful place we were lucky enough to live in three different cities all the way on the east and all the way in the west in Sichuan how are the schools different in China were you still able to be creative from my perception of the China education system is that it's very much kind of pen to paper, whiteboard. Were you able to be very creative? When I was teaching English, I worked in Chinese state schools and I had 50 children in my class. And so no, it was really hard to be creative. My goal was to get them to speak. Chinese are very excellent at learning. They were awfully shy. So I was just doing lots of games and drama to try to get them to speak. But obviously it was it was really hard to get 50 children to speak. And you were the only teacher in the class? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. And there was 12 classes I had to teach the same lesson 12 times to 50 kids each time. Wow, that's 600 and, uh, kids. So you yeah. don't even get to know their names, right? No, no, you really only know the few kids that are really outgoing. But then other than that, I worked in international schools. So that was extremely open and creative. And I had 12 children in my class. So That's a yeah. lot nicer. Yeah, what you have a preconception about is actually true. And there's an awful lot of these sort of creative spaces in malls. So you might know something like um, paint a plate or paint a pottery, you know, those sorts of cafes. They have loads of things like that. It's quite sort of contrived. You go there to make something, but at least there is some creative outlets for regular Chinese kids. We need more of those in the UK. Just like yeah, cafes where you can do... Things. I don't know very many of them. I'm sure there used to be more, but I think, like we were saying earlier, the cost of rent and to have them really well stocked is not cheap. And it's difficult because if you're going for a coffee, you don't want to be spending so much money on a craft material. You might want to do something while you're there, but not spend huge amounts. And it's finding that balance as well. But it'd be great to have more of those experiences in the UK, especially now post-COVID, where people are doing a lot more online because it's just more convenient. But then having those 
points where you can actually go and meet people and maybe in the future who knows UK virtual school might have hubs around the world and where kids can get together and, and do things together that would be amazing yeah, that would wouldn't it that's really yeah nice. but we are going to have to make a trip to Portugal at some point as a UK virtual school trip and experience the beach and yeah the Portuguese lifestyle I think it'd be great and, and to meet you as well and we could be creative I can imagine your sandcastle will be amazing <laughs> uh <laughs> I haven't really had a chance to hone my skills because my kids are in the knocking down phase. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll have to keep practising. You've got some time yet. I think it'll be a while. We've got two trips planned next year to Wales and Morocco and maybe then Portugal might be the year after. So you've got some time yet to build those skills. <laughs> but it's been it's been great talking to you about art and creativity and how it works so well online and how it's how well it's working for you. But also the importance of still having stuff to do which is offline as well. I think it's really important to have that community, especially if you are into art you can't quite beat the same as walking into a studio and seeing all of this inspiration around you just museums as well i think are really special and we don't have so many art galleries and museums i don't think as i would like like it'd be great to have an art gallery in every mall and shopping center and high street to just walk in and have a look it's been great chatting with you and we've got an exhibition of the kids artwork from earlier on in the year and we'll hopefully do another one later on this year so people can have a look but yeah thank you Lucy for taking the time today thank you Sid Um, thank you guys for listening and we will catch you soon bye thank you for listening in to the UK Virtual School podcast we hope you took lots of value from this podcast and if you did please remember to like and subscribe and to share what you've learned with other families Now, if you want to find out more about UK Virtual School, go to our website, ukvirtualschool.co.uk, or you can join our page or Facebook group, UK Virtual School. We hope that your home education journey is an exciting one. And if you're right at the beginning of starting out, do reach out to us and ask us for support. If you're considering joining us, why not book a Zoom meeting with me so we can explore and discuss options for your family. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Virtual School podcast and I'll see you next time.